What's happening, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here with San Diego Prep Insider. Thanks for checking in. We are down to the final matchups for the San Diego CIF Section Football Championships across all divisions now after a semifinals night that included a couple of blowouts, a couple of come-from-behind wins, one game decided on a two-point conversion at the end. We know all of our matchups, and we will bring them all to you courtesy of our scoreboard, our scorebook live scoreboard, plus reaction from pundits, players, coaches from around the county on what we saw in all of the semifinal matchups. Let's get straight to the action in Division 5. We start with Francis Parker going on the road, getting Dub City at Vincent Memorial 34-22. Coach Morrison and the Lancers returned to the CIF San Diego Section Division 5 championships for a second year. This is a big win. Uh, a team that was uh, somewhat lost in its identity early in the season writes the ship and brings it on home. They are on to the finals. On the other side of the bracket, they will be taking on the Castle Park Trojans, who got a 22-10 win over Mission Bay. Eric Hernandez, another big game. We talked to Coach Chris Livesay from the Castle Park Trojans, their head coach, later in the show. Please stay tuned for that one. So the Division 5 matchup is set. Francis Parker and Castle Park on to Division 4. The number one seeded Santana Sultans getting a decisive win, 35-14 over Orange Glen. Nathan Temple leading the Santana Sultans to the promised land. We talked to Adam Paul later in the show, EC Preps. Adam is a Santana alum, so he is all sorts of jazzed up. Plus, you know, we're, we're talking about now multiple trips in the last five years. So huge credit to Santana for the sustained level of success on the football field. They will be taking on the Sarah Conquistadors. Sarah putting up 76 points against La Jolla Country Day in a 76-36 win. The offense for Sarah all season long has been trending upwards and uh, you know, puts in their best performance, if you will, under the brightest lights so far this season that they have played under Sarah. Moving on to the finals. This is a big uh, turnaround for this senior class. In, in, they have uh, they deserve all the credit getting this Sarah program on the track that they are on now where you know they're putting some respect on the name so congratulations Sarah congratulations Santana that is your division four final at the division three level Scripps Ranch this is your weekly reminder that they are still undefeated 49-24 over the Central Union Spartans you know, where do you want to start? Is it the offense or is it the defense? Both sides of this Scripps Ranch team look like they deserve a number one seed next to them. They just continue to have success all season long, and uh, this was this was no exception of it. They will be taking on the La Jolla Vikings. 
This is a rematch of a September 20th game, week five of the season, where Scripps Ranch won 17-7. One of the closer decisions that Scripps Ranch had during the season. So you can start to draw parallels. I try not to if it's more than three weeks. You know, so much change can happen on a football team. But it would also appear that maybe a lot of that change has been upward for Scripps Ranch. They it just it, it just seem to find another gear every single game. Congratulations to them on making the championship. They will be taking on the La Jolla Vikings, who got it done in absolutely dramatic fashion, scoring a touchdown as time elapsed in the game to make it 14-13 against Brawley and then going for the two-point conversion and converting to win 15-14. I'll let Tyler Roach, the head coach, tell it himself later in the show when we talk to him, so please stick around for that. Congratulations to La Jolla and Scripps Ranch again on making the Division Three Finals. All these scores are brought to you by Scorebook Live, the official digital partner of the San Diego CIF section. We'll be back later this week with more from the, a, a lot more people, a lot more opinions, a lot more pundits later in the week with the uh, the preview shows for each division. For now, we're just giving the recaps. So I'm sorry to leave you wanting on, on some of this football discussion. Moving on to the Division Two game, the number one seeded Bishops Knights, they got it done 44-7 against Santa Fe Christian. Tyler Buckner... Another uh, near 400-yard game, six touchdowns. His offense seems to have a little bit of everything. Amon Banks giving him some running support. The defense straight up the middle, very strong. So congratulations to Bishops on making the finals with an exclamation point as they defeat Santa Fe Christian for the second time this season. On the other side of the bracket, Bishops will have to square off with the El Camino Wildcats, the number seven seed, the lowest seed in this or any other bracket. The lowest seed in this bracket, the number seven seed at El Camino Wildcats, are a little bit of a favorite around here. We talked to Raymond Brown from San Diego Football a lot. He's been big on them. Bodie De Silva, Tommy Morris, Noel Axina, they have all been very big on this El Camino team. Is not properly seeded. They are a, you know, a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will, as coming out of that seven seed, it might look like a surprise that they would win 35-21 against Vista, because we've been very big on Vista this season, and a huge congratulations to Vista on the amazing run that they have made this year. Um, but El Camino, Jacob Sega, Kai Reed, that, that team just continues to find ways to just outpace their opponents. And they have now showed it consistently enough that they've made their way to a final with it. So, you know, you're real excited when you see a one seed taking on a seven seed. You know it's going to be a rumble, big school, small school, all sorts of fun here at the Division II championship game. Congratulations again to El Camino and Bishop's at the Division One level, the dream continues for Oceanside, the number nine seed, winning 45-21 on the road at Madison. Kavika Tua and company going off in dramatic, like going from a, a, 
a 10 nothing win early in the playoffs and everybody kind of worrying about the offense to 45 now in the in the semifinals to go to the final you know you, you might be running out of room and opportunities to get on the Oceanside bandwagon because the Pirates are delivering some of their best football that they have in the past you know near decade so it would be fitting that they would take on another team that is playing some of their best football in recent years, and that is the Lincoln Hornets. They win big against Mission Hills, 35-14. This is probably what Lincoln saw themselves as all season long. I'm assuming that this is as close to the ideal version of this team as they have been searching for this year. They you know they had a stretch in the middle of the season where where there was there was some confusion about the identity and we'll talk to Calvin Pierce at uh, Calvin TSC later in the show. He was at the Lincoln game. He's been at most, if not all, of Lincoln's games this season, so he has some great insights on it. But I'll just say that it's scary that the team is clicking and coming into its own right now because man, that, it's it's too unstoppable forces that are going to be kind of meeting together in that Division One game in Lincoln and Oceanside. Congratulations to Lincoln on making their second consecutive championship game, moving up from Division II's championship game to Division One's this year. That's always fun to see a team that can make their way up the bracket or up a division and then through the brackets still. So one more time, we'll start down at the Division Five. The champions, will, the championship game will be between Francis Parker and Castle Park. In Division 4, you have Santana and Sarah. In Division 3, Scripps Ranch and La Jolla. In Division 2, Bishops and El Camino. In Division 1, you have Lincoln and Oceanside. The Open Division game obviously being played between Carlsbad and Helix will probably be over by the time you are most likely listening to this. Coming out on Saturday, get a day of the game. So uh, we'll try to get this out to you as early as we can. Thank you very much for sticking around through the Scorebook Live scoreboard. Now on to our guests from around the county. As always, our show is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be right back. Okay, we are now joined by the first-year head coach of the Castle Park Trojans, Chris Livesay. And I got to look this up, but I, I don't know how many coaches in their first year with a program have gone above 500 let alone gone to a finals and with only one loss on the season uh the other man the man on the other end of this phone line has crushed both of those goals how are you feeling tonight coach good man good good you know uh you know i've been at a long time but you know uh, uh you know we have a real young coaching staff and they've really stepped up and done a great job got a bunch of guys in their first year coaching football and um they probably deserve more of the credit than i do you know well, one guy that does deserve a bunch of credit is your running back, Eric Hernandez. He punches in a couple more touchdowns tonight. So you guys didn't really deviate from the same game plan you have had all season long. That had to feel good being able to execute like that in this game. Yeah, you know, we we you know we weren't really able to get them loose early on in the game, the first half. Um, you know, we weren't blocking very well. I, I think it's it's proven that you know if we. we you know, if we block well and we give this guy a chance, he's gonna he's gonna take it to the house, and he's done that every time we've given him an opportunity. He's he's a special special player, he's a special kid. 
So let's talk about just the experience uh, of of when when if we had talked to you maybe six months ago, and said, Coach, nine and one in the regular season, you'll be uh, two scores up in the semifinals game. What would your re- what would your reaction have been to that statement? I would have told you you're nuts. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I I knew coming, you know, it's kind of around the program last year and I was able to see from a distance, you know, I wasn't coaching, but a lot of my friends were on the staff last year and, uh, you know, I was able to see, you know, what was happening and what was coming back and, and where the program was. And so I definitely knew that we were going to trend upward. You know, I knew that we were going to be, um, I felt like we were going to be in the hunt for a league championship. I felt like we were going to be able to compete with, with Montgomery and, and, you know, that game didn't go our way, um, but certainly didn't expect to be in a, a Celia final. Um, that wasn't the plan. You know, our plan was to compete this year and, and make a run and, and try to get at it next year because we've got everybody coming back next year. Uh, just about everybody coming back next year. We're missing a couple of you guys, but um, yeah, that definitely wasn't the plan, but, but it's, it feels great to be here. So what's the emotion like then with, with you and the boys? Take us inside the locker room when you get off the field as uh, CIF finalists. Um, yeah, you, you know, I, I think we went into these playoffs pretty confident. Um, we've, you know, we, we kind of feel like we belong here. We feel like we belong to being the number two seed. Um, like I said, it was a surprise to get where we were to be 9-1 and one during the regular season. But I think at the end of the year, we were playing some pretty good football. Um, I think we weren't playing very well early on in the season, and we, we we consistently got better each week. And 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 we feel like you know our kids and, and our coaches, we feel like we've got a chance, and we feel like we had a chance to, to get here, you know, at, at the end of the season, and and it's all come together. Coach, I know that at this point it it might be a little bit wiggling the numbers around to say you're the last remaining team in the South Bay because there, there's not that many teams left in football, but you guys are officially right. the last remaining team in the South Bay. So next week, are we going to see Castle Park with an even bigger chip on their shoulders? Like what, what kind of a team is coming into the finals? Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good teams down here and we're the only one left. And that means a lot. And we're representing, um, you know, a little bit more than just Castle Park. We're representing the whole South Bay and, and uh, when you, you, like I said, when you carry that on your shoulders, um, you know, you definitely come in with an attitude, you know, like you have something to prove. So, Coach, are you playing? And, uh, our kids play at their best. Are you playing with house money and able to enjoy it at this point, or is it still, uh, you know, business as usual? We got a, a one week at a time. Are you going to give me some coach speak cliche like that? No, 100%. We're going out to win this game. Uh, I told our kids that we get, they get to enjoy tonight, and we go to work tomorrow morning, and we're going to be in. And uh, we're going to win this thing. And, uh, you know, we're already looking at film now. So, um, oh, we're already no, at no, work. no. You're, you're already breaking film down. You're not taking, yeah. uh, you're not taking, uh, as of right now, we're recording this at 11.01 p.m. <laughs> you're not going to take the next 59 minutes and just enjoy it. That, that only happens. I'm not in the office. I'm not in the office in front of a computer, but I'm on my cell phone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, maybe that's why you were in a finals and I only ever made it to the semifinals as a uh, as a player and or coach. Uh, maybe that's what I was doing wrong. I, I was enjoying wins and not already uh, breaking down film, looking at the next week's opponent. Your opponent next week is going to be Francis Parker in the Division 5 finals, but... We will not talk about that yet. I will let you, I will say let you enjoy, but you'll just go watch your film. I'll let your kids enjoy. I'll let your fans enjoy. And we will say a big congratulations both to the Castle Park Trojans and to Coach Livesay. Thank you very much, Coach, for joining us. 
And I do you guys say fight on? Like, is there a tro- go Trojans? Whatever, whatever it is, we will fight say, on. Fight yep. on, go Trojans, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll see you guys at the finals. Great, thank you, Christian. We appreciate it. We are talking to Adam Paul right now. He is a Santana graduate. I am a La Jolla graduate. So you will notice that certain chunks of this bracket coverage might not be objective. I don't apologize for that, San Diego, because you know what? It's only been one other time in my lifetime that La Jolla has been to a finals, and and Adam can talk about his Santana Sultans and how many times they've been this team. But, I mean, let's start with that Santana game. And we'll work our way countywide, Adam. Sure. It was uh, quite the uh, contest between Orange Glen and uh, Santana. Orange Glen struck first with uh, Kale Patterson. Uh, you know, had a couple long, long, couple of long runs to start things off. After um, <clears throat> Orange Glen had defensively had stopped the Sultans. Um, Patterson had a couple long runs, and he finally put one into the end zone. Uh, short short yardage out, and they went and uh, went for two and failed. And they were up six nothing. Santana came back down, um, and, uh, drove drove down a few minutes later, and scored when um, excuse me scored when uh, Randy Smith caught a sixty five yard reception from Nathan Temple. Extra point good. They're up seven to six. And then Santana kind of just semi took charge, scoring two more times in the second quarter. Uh, both Jared Forster and Dean Landers catching touchdown passes, 20 plus yard touchdown passes from Temple. They led 21 six at, at half. Defensively, the defense came up huge. I don't think. Patterson had more than 120 yards in that game, and he only had one touchdown. Michael Richter uh, for the Sultans had two, two and a half sacks tonight, two or three sacks tonight. He's got like 17 and a half, I think. So at least 16 and a half, 17 on the season. Um, He's actually pretty close to breaking um, former Santana Sultan uh, Jason Patterson who set the record with 18 and a half back in 2011. Uh, Jason Patterson, no relation to Kale Patterson. Um, no, it was, uh, excuse me, it was a um, all-out effort um, on on the Fulton defense and on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, was there a point at which you just sort of knew that Santana had the goods. I, I mean, was there a, was there a moment in which you saw a team on that field and you were like, "Okay, they are a championship caliber team." Uh, in the second half, they really stepped up, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, like I said, Patterson wasn't really able to get anything going. Then in the fourth quarter, they kind of put him at, out at wide wide out and. Santana did a really good job um, bringing him, you know, tracking him down and bringing him down. Um, they did a really good job on the defensive side of the ball. Um, didn't allow Orange Glenn to really run any type of offense whatsoever. I mean, like I said, I don't know what the total yardage was, but they couldn't have, ha- Orange Glenn couldn't have had, had more than 300 yards, 
couldn't have had 300 yards um, for a total offense. I mean, passing-wise, probably maybe 100-something yards maybe, if that. So both sides of the ball seem to be well executed for the Santana uh, Sultans. They come out with a 35-14 win over Orange Glen to move on to the Division Four championship do you mind if we start with the other side of that championship game and then we will move <laughs> outwards from there? Yeah, uh, that was an interesting game I saw. Yeah, so the final score will give it to everybody. Sarah ends the Conquistadors end up beating La Jolla Country Day 76-36. to 36. So an all-out offensive night for the Conquistadors. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Wow. I Honestly, I did not think Sarah... I mean, I knew La Jolla, I knew La Jolla Country Day, you know, their defense was just so-so. But man, wow! Um, I didn't I didn't know Sarah would be able to put up 76 points, and it really was not even a contest. I, I, I thought half it was like 44 to I think 14 or something, and you know, and then I heard that I heard the uh, coach Hales didn't. Um, wouldn't take a running clock supposedly uh, was what I heard from a couple of people um, in the in our stands tonight who were getting updates. Uh, it's going to be an epic rematch next week um, out at Southwestern College between Santana and Sarah as the two teams met in the second week of the season and Santana uh, won that game. They knocked out Zabrowski, uh, the Sarah quarterback, I believe in, was in the third quarter. So it'll be very really interesting uh, next week. I know Sarah, it's their first ever CIF championship uh, appearance. Santana, it's their third ever, all in this decade. Um, they lost the two other times, uh, Valley to Valley Center back in 2011, and then of course to La Jolla Country Day, uh, who was led by uh, Brex and Burmeister back in 2016. Um, uh, it's going to be, I think, you know. It well, was let, let, let's, let's, Adam, let's steer away from the preview show. We, we, will, we will have plenty of time all week long to be pundits sure. and, and analyze. Let's bask just a little bit more in the, uh, I mean, the truly just amazing afterglow of the witching hour that was Friday Night Lights tonight. Um, other than those Division Four matchups, what else caught your eyes? Uh, the floor is yours. We got, it, we got a lot of guests stacked up behind you, so. We don't have all well, night, but the floor is yours to talk about what you want. Oya score. I mean, for for them to come back, I think David tweeted at, tweeted or checked. I only texted me. It was about seven minutes. I think they I think they scored and and what's it? Well, calling the gutsy call, going for two and getting it, and what ended up being the game winning score. That that that's great, man. Did it for La Jolla, and then of course Scripps Ranch. Uh, just beating uh central so it's an all it's an all beach final <laughs> if you want to call it that i guess uh scripts and la jolla another rematch uh, from the regular season um yeah if you want to see oh, the if you want to see the last minutes of or i mean the last minutes the last second literal one second it, it happened when time expired for la jolla to score the touchdown and two-point conversion you can go to sd prep insider on Instagram, we have that up there for you. Also, if you want to hear anything from Adam at EC underscore preps underscore SD on Twitter, EC preps on Instagram. Adam, continue. Uh, 
No, it's just, you know, and then I, I thought I saw Oceanside beating Madison. I don't know what the final score was. Um, I mean, that I, I, I think I have that right, right? Yes, all of our final scores on this show, as always, are brought to you by Scorebook Live, our digital content partner with the San Diego CIF section, and Oceanside 45, Madison 21. Wow, that's surprising right there. Kavika, if, uh, how did it been Kavika Tua? That guy is a... He's a special guy. There was some offensive injuries for Madison during the game. Their quarterback went down, as well as a couple okay. other key players. So they were a little out of rhythm in that second half. But yes, it would seem that Kavika Tua is. Uh, I I don't I don't want to necessarily I I personally don't subscribe to the tenets of Buddhism, and, and I don't. It's not a central <laughs> belief of my life, but. He is perhaps the closest thing to the rebirth of the 90s Oceanside. Oh, like, absolutely. He, he is the living embodiment of Junior Seau's generation of high school football all rolled right. up into one Oceanside pirate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, talking to the, some of the OGs from Oceanside, like Tommy Gutierrez, uh, you know, he, hearing from them that he's probably the best back they've had. I mean... Eh, you know, and then um, I think I saw Lincoln just put you know put a good win against Mission Hills. That that's huge. Uh, you know, I like I said to Coach Contreras last night, this is probably the most exciting playoffs I've seen in quite some time, and and everything lived up pretty much lived up to the hype tonight lived up to the hype and beyond one more time you can find him at twitter and instagram ec preps adam paul one closing note from you before we say goodbye and that we will see you during the week for the preview show an overall good night for my school your school uh just just what a way to cap off an exciting night an exciting night indeed, Adam. Thank you very much for checking in with us, and we will hopefully see you at the Open Division Finals. If we don't bump into you there, we will talk to you during the week for all sorts of Santana, and uh, we'll, we'll give you we'll give you the floor for everything. But I know you want to talk about them Sultans playing in a CIF final. Oh, oh I'm definitely going to be at the game tonight. I'm going to be actually be uh, coming my coming my way from after after I get off work, so I'll be there. Deal. Thank you very much, Adam Paul, EC Preps, EC Preps your source for all sorts of great high school content. Talk to you later, Adam. Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. All right. We are now joined by Calvin Pierce at Calvin underscore TSC on Twitter, TSC Sports on Instagram. Calvin is currently driving away from the stadium, so the Friday night lights are still in his rear view light or in his rear view uh uh, Mirror, I'm sorry. I am just so I am so thrown off and excited that my La Jolla Vikings are going uh, to the football finals that I can't speak. So I will I will give Calvin a wide berth. I'll say thank you for joining us and tell us what you saw tonight. Man, I, I saw uh, saw a, a Lincoln team that ever since I want to say uh, the cathedral game. Now I can't. Now you got me tongue tight. Since the cathedral game, they uh, they've been clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, at times the offense may flutter here and there, but they find a way. Uh, they they got so many different avenues and different ways they could go with an A plan and B plan. It, it doesn't matter which plan you go with. It, 
the, the, it matters uh, that you go with a plan that could secure a win. And uh, tonight we ended up having to go back to the young, the young gun, uh, Sam, behind the quarterback. Um, I mean, some people could look at it as a wildcat, but I don't, I don't really see it as that because Sam, Sam could throw. Um, uh, man, so if if the team next week thinks that oh, all oh, that's what Sam's going to do, then good luck. But and I don't, I don't me personally, I don't get to a lot of the chatter that goes on on Twitter. I guess a lot of the dark teams they be having it out for Lincoln and the whole seven on seven. But I guess uh, Lincoln did the poof. They did they did what they needed to do by uh, talking with the pads uh, all year long and uh, this postseason against these North County teams. Final score of the game was 35-14, Lincoln over Mission Hills. This this one seemed to have a lot of layers to it, in addition to just literally being a game of you know, Lincoln versus Mission Hills. Like you mentioned, there was some some seven-on-seven, seven, sort of off-the-field pre- and post-season vibe going on. There was Avocado League versus Western League. I mean, it seemed like every box got checked going into this game in terms of how important and how much drama and how much expectations were placed on it. For Lincoln to come out and win this emphatically by this large of a margin, is this a bigger statement than that Cathedral game? Honestly, I believe it is. The defense, I think this this team right here, it's defense strong, like, if the if the heartbeat on the defense is not beaten at the proper tone, that's some of the predictions who's left in in the middle and earlier part of the season. But I want to, like I said, back to the Cathedral game. But this was a bigger statement defensive wise. That what was what was the final score again? Say it one more time. Thirty five fourteen Lincoln over Mission Hills. And that that late touchdown. I, I don't I don't want to discredit the young receiver, but I'm just saying it, it came late where I want to say some of the defensive guys was getting a little too comfortable. But the other touchdown other than that was uh, a, a gimme. We, we threw an interception, and they, they ran it in for, for, um, for a touchdown. So that just speaks what our defense was doing. And, and they were at that quarterback. They was at his arm, his feet, uh, his chest. Anywhere they could possibly get to, they was, at, they was attacking him all day long. Okay, so Lincoln, I, I'm I'm trying to pull up the the uh, the stats here and look at their season. Um, I would love to know at, at what point they were. Hold on, give me just a second here. I'll plug the Twitter. Uh, you can follow Calvin at Calvin Keyshawn, underscore. You know, uh, here, hold on a second, Calvin. I want to. I just want to get to this real quick. Um, oh. We are talking about a Lincoln team that. You know, at one point was five and zero. Then switched. You know, then they lost two games to Madison and Saints, so they were sitting at five and two, kind of confused about where they really could be. They, you know, they had gotten so many guys coming in from transfers. There was just so many different moving pieces and questions this season. Are we finally looking at it all figured out? Are, are, are all the pieces to the puzzle put in place for Lincoln now? I totally believe so because I was around that team last year. I didn't do quite as much work that I do with this particular team this year. But I've seen these guys in the last couple of weeks band together like brothers like no other. And 
that that sputter in the middle of the season, I, and we'll, we'll admit it. I, we saw like it, it became like a me, me, me. I kind of like a little selfish. And but when they finally got it clicking on all cylinders, like you can't win it as your individual talent, and I can't win it as my individual talent. But we could do this together as a as a team and as brothers. And like Coach said in the uh, final meeting after the game, he's he hasn't seen them having this much fun. And when and when Lincoln is having fun, I mean, you guys seen him at seven on seven. When you see Lincoln play and when they having fun, it's it's almost a nightmare for the other team. <laughs> it's almost a nightmare because of the amount of. of just weapons on, on all sides of the ball that they bring. Um, I'm looking back at the last couple of years for Coach Dunn and going all the way back. You got to go to 2015 for the last time that Lincoln was sub 500. And before that, 2013 was the uh, the previous sub 500 this year. So only two seasons under 500 in the last decade two finals in a row now four consecutive seasons where they've gone at least to the semifinals maybe put this into a little bit bigger picture i don't want to talk you know dynasties eras what like we kind of lose some of the young young audience crowd of this but try to at least just talk a little bit about the success of what coach dunn has put together the last five to ten years at lincoln it's it's actually been it's been remarkable. I, I don't think Lincoln is going to struggle again. Uh, I I could almost guarantee under his helm. I don't think we're going to get into a, a, a that uh, wave again where we're going to be losing kids, the local kids, um, to other schools. I, I don't I don't see it. If we if we stay if we stay even kill what we've been at the last two years and just uh and we just keep they just keep it at it at at even kill, I don't, I don't think teen, uh, kids are going to be running. Yeah, yeah, some kids leave because they they go through certain situations with family situations, and that's totally understandable. But on a football stand where they're like, oh, I, I, I got to go to this school because I think I get the be- better scholarship or this or that, I don't see that happening anymore. Not you, under Coach Dunn. You can check in with Calvin at Calvin underscore TSC. He has some of the best video content. Uh, not some. It's the best video content. I just I have to say some of because I feel like I I I I envy him and I want to be on that level. I'm not on that level though. Calvin, anything else countywide that caught your eye tonight? I know that you are crazy busy at the Lincoln Games video videography and everything. But anything else that you saw score wise that you want to talk about before we say goodbye? The Ocean Side one did. I I thought. I thought we was gonna uh, rematch again with Madison, but man, Oceanside it kind of they kind of just brought it to them. Yeah, there were some so. injuries on the offensive side for Madison that sort of hampered them in the second half. Uh, they were playing without a quarterback for a little bit, so uh, certainly uh, surprising though to still see that kind of a gap, especially with how little Oceanside had been scoring the last two rounds. Um, that's gonna be a hell of a game. I mean, go ahead. Wasn't it one other score? I think that caught my eye. It almost looked like a basketball score. It was yes, Sarah, seventy-six to thirty-six over La Jolla Country Day. Wow. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's that that's one uh, that I will I will quote Noah Laxine, our other co-host on this show, and just go the disrespect. 
yeah. and disrespect. <laughs> I, I hope that it's a little more competitive uh, next week, though, <laughs> in that round. Yeah, so next week, the Santana Sultans, who are 11-1, and one, will play Sarah in a rematch of a game that Santana won earlier this season by one touchdown, wow. if I have that correct off the top of my head. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be a great game. Calvin, uh, we will say goodbye because um, I actually have the Santana quarterback now calling on the other line. Um, so I, I must go speak with Timmy Zabrowski, but thank you very much for being appreciate on it. with us. You guys, one more time, Calvin underscore TSC, please go follow that. I would appreciate you supporting everything that he does because the end of football season does not mean the end of Calvin's content. I'm assuming that we will see plenty of basketball out of you, but uh, or just give us a yes or no. You're going to be doing some basketball? Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, I'll be. I'll be. Uh, kind of like Lincoln. I'll probably be a lot this season with Cathedral. So be on the lookout for some Cathedral basketball. Now to be starting up tomorrow. All right, uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, this isn't the basketball game. show yet. So I, I'm not. I don't want to confuse the heck out of everybody. <laughs> I, just um, to, I just wanted to tease them. Deal. No, that you know what? That's true. You get the show much more than I do. Uh, the, <laughs> go figure that the guests would know better to do uh, than than the host. Uh, Calvin underscore TSC. Calvin, thank you so so much for joining us and we will talk to you let's get you on this week for the preview show all right appreciate it all right wait real quick off the record before we get going um with scott catlin resigning earlier this year did that really clear out all the tensions and and get everything fixed how much of a change did that really Uh, have on the team i I, I don't know if that changed it i I think for more of the players like uh, Patman and those guys, um, they they just realized that from their wisdom and the stuff that they was taught, they like in my personal eyes, the, the new defensive coordinator, he's still young at the job, so he's still got some some grooming to do. But I think those guys as a unit, and, and they just been they just been playing their best ball. So I want to I want to I, I wanna say luck, but you know the game of football or any sport, you need some luck to go with it. And uh, he's he's been on the right the right foot of the shoe right now. So, well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see them back in. Uh, I I think that the more times you guys can go to the finals, the hopefully the quicker people will just shut the fuck up on Twitter. I know, right? <laughs> yep, that's it. I, I'm can't I can't wait till next week. Couldn't agree more. Am I going to bump into they you tomorrow? They were already teasing me. This, uh, this, this video, they're like, you got to drop it tonight. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won't be getting no sleep then. <laughs> Deal. I'll, I'll come bring you some coffee. All righty. All righty, man. I will, I'll talk to you later. I, all right. I'll see you out there next week, too. Deal. Am I going to see you at the oh, – you're doing basketball tomorrow. Are you doing basketball yeah. or are you doing open division? No, you're doing basketball? I'm the open. Yeah, I'm on with Cathedral tomorrow. Deal. Well, I'll see you next week at the finals. Okay. All right, later, man. Okay, we are now joined by Raymond Brown, San Diego Football Network at SD Football, Twitter and Instagram. Need to go check him out for all sorts of great stuff all week long, but we turn to him every Friday night for his specific uh, knowledge and understanding of the game of high school football. Raymond, thank you very much for joining us. How are you feeling tonight? Feeling great, man. Exciting night of semifinals games. Uh, can't wait to discuss everything, man. Wild night. All right. So 
wild is one of the adjectives that you could use. Uh, I think there's a lot of different descriptors. It was an it, it it featured a little bit of everything again. Week by week, this seems to be one of the more amazing playoffs in recent memory. What game do you want to start on? Let's start off with uh, La Jolla. Uh, looked like they were down and out, but um, a miracle, Hail Mary, sent them to the finals. Yeah, I will point out, please go to SD Prep Insider. We have retweeted it. We have nominated it for a Sports Center Top 10, hashtag SC Top 10. We would love to try and get some uh, some play for that because, folks, it is something that you absolutely need to see. We will also have it on our Instagram at SD Prep Insider. It comes courtesy of Jerome R. Watson on Twitter, and it is a, uh, looks like a 30-something-yard pass that just, uh, 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 the Vikings won, uh, the NFL Vikings won a game quite similar to it a couple years ago. Uh, where they had a, uh, a a close play on the tackle, but ended up taking it to the house. Pretty oh, much. No, this play was better than Stefan Diggs. I mean, that receiver looked like he was out of bounds. He he not only stayed in bounds, he outran the whole defense to the end zone. I mean, at, at the buzzer, at the zero. Yeah, I'm trying to play a little bit just to the radio audience to sort of give them a comp. Um, and I I agree with you though that I'm not doing it justice. So you need to head on to SD Prep Insider Twitter and Instagram. We have it there for you guys to enjoy as many times as you would like. But it also had to be followed up with a two-point conversion after that that uh, put them up. Oh, yeah. Uh, the call to go for the win. Yeah, they gave them the win. Call. So uh, Coach Roach rolls the dice, and they end up coming up big. What's your What's your outlook on a game like that? A uh, hard-fought win, man. It looked like um, Brawley was going to put it away. I mean, they had a play to stop La Jolla, but La Jolla wasn't ready to end their season. And, you know, miracles happened. Uh, that's just wild. But um, a, a big challenge awaits them. Uh, Scripps Ranch undefeated, got it done against Central. They're going to play La Jolla at Southwestern College next week. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a good one. Well, let's talk about that. Maybe it'll come down to the wire. Let's talk about that Scripps Ranch win a little bit. They top Central Union uh, 49-24. Kind of interesting, though. 24 points, you might kind of brush that off initially, but then if you look at Scripps Ranch's body of work this season, 24 is a little bit more uh, above the average points allowed this season than you would expect. Uh, from what we've seen recently of that Scripps Ranch defense, is there any is there any uh, takeaway from this game on the other side of this bracket? That what, what's can Scripps Ranch go perfect? What about, can they? Absolutely, um, they're great on both sides of the ball. I mean, their defense. Uh, I've said a lot of good things about their defense, but um, on offense. Uh, they seem to be doing pretty good. Um, Makai Shaw is one of the underrated receivers in the county. Um, they have a great running back. I mean, we'll see. I mean, if unless a miracle happens again for La Jolla, um, I think Scripps Ranch pulls this off. They they win the championship. 
So that's early reaction there from Raymond Brown, San Diego Football Network, SD Football on Twitter and on Instagram. Early reaction to the Division Three finals there. Raymond, let's let's go away from that division. Do you I'm trying to oh man, I we, we gotta talk about El Camino. Let, let's go straight to it. 35-21 win over Vista. Give me some reaction to what you see with the Wildcats winning by two touchdowns. Oh, wow. Uh, great win, man. Um, go up to Vista. Vista, one of the best teams in the county, in my opinion. Uh, one of the best stories. Um, great win for El Camino, man. Um, I can't wait to see what they do against Bishops. That's going to be a great game. Um, there's much to say, man. I think I've, I think I've um, boosted El Camino enough <laughs> already. <laughs> Where else do you want to go in the playoffs? There was something good and juicy at every single level. Obviously, the weekend is not done, though, because we still have the open division tomorrow. So plenty of football to talk about. What else caught your eye in the playoffs tonight? Um, Lincoln getting a big win over Mission Hills. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people picked Mission Hills to uh, beat Lincoln, but um, Lincoln with a convincing win. I mean, talk about an underdog team. Um. Yeah, they had some struggles early in in the season. I think they were four and three at one point, and a lot of people counted them out. And you know, um, they learned to play together. They they got it together. They picked up some big wins. And um, wow, that's um, yeah, um, impressive. Um, that's going to be a huge game. Um, between Lincoln and Oceanside, a battle between two teams that have been looked down upon. Uh, two underdog teams. Um, we're we're in for a treat. Uh, it's gonna that's gonna be exciting. I mean, quite literally, the only thing I can find wrong with the Division One championship matchup is the fact that they're both green. Oh, well, one team's gonna be in white, so we'll, well be able to. It, it, it's still just like you know, I, they just look too similar for 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 the visuals of the photos. I and, and that's a very nitpicky thing, and that's to maybe go and just compliment what a great matchup that's gonna end up being. I will say, I'll ask you this. With what we've seen from Lincoln this season, do you think that right now what we saw from them tonight is the ideal version of this team? Uh, is this team at its best that we've seen it at all season? Oh, yeah. They're playing up to their full potential. Um, all the hype they were getting during the offseason due to the talent they were getting, all the talent is playing to their potential, and we're seeing it. I mean, beating Cathedral, um, Tory Pines and now um, Mission Hills. I mean, they're for real. If they can beat Oceanside in the finals, which is very tough to do historically, man, uh, you any doubters out there have to take their hats off. Well, we will find out, obviously, what's going to happen within a week because the championships are coming up on us. But we will also have Raymond Brown back with us during the week for the preview show, he can be found on Twitter and Instagram at San Diego Football Network, SD Football. All sorts of great stuff, both at the high school and college level. Raymond, thank you very much for joining us. Before we say goodbye, uh, any other game or two, give us one more game that caught your eye. Uh, I'd like to congratulate uh, Castle Park. A nice win over uh, Mission Bay. They're going to be in the finals 
not too far away from their uh, home field. They're the uh, last remaining South Bay team representing the South Bay. So uh, good luck to them. Uh, facing Francis Parker, another team. I think they came into the playoffs with a losing record. And um, they're going to have a chance to win a CIF championship. So um, it's unfortunate uh, that the Division Five championship has to take place during the same time as Division Two. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you got to choose between two great games. That's unfortunate, but um, yeah, that's going to be a good one. So whoever can make it out there and support Division Five, they deserve respect. Yeah, I think it's important to note that the CIF San Diego offices and administration really are doing a lot of work with very confined parameters, and they don't really have the ability to just push around schedules and magically play games an extra week later or earlier to kind of make things match up. Seasons are very, very, very set well in advance, and it's at the state level, and you know, there's just not quite enough facilities to host things in one place at the same time. So they're doing the best with what they have. It is unfortunate, though, like Raymond said, that you just can't be in two places at one time because both uh, Division Two and Five are going to be great games. It's uh, oh, yeah, the hats off to, go hats ahead. Hats off to the CIF and everybody involved. They're doing the best they can. I'm just, it's just unfortunate that it has to happen. But I understand why it has to happen. Yeah, I just like getting that out there to the public to let everybody know. Um, Raymond, thank you very much for all of your input. We look forward to talking to you uh, during the week to help get uh, your picks on some of these finals. Now joined by the head coach of the La Jolla High School Vikings. They are on to the finals. Coach Roach, have you dried out from your Gatorade bath? How are you doing? I'm <laughs> uh, doing great. Obviously, no complaints. It was a wild night. Uh, still recovering, still trying to digest it all. And what what exactly unfolded uh, at the end of that game to win it? It was a wild one. Yeah, so I'd be lying if I said I had any interest in talking about anything other than literally the last second of the game. Um, can you please walk everybody through that final play? Yeah, I mean, well, so, so when they... We ended up holding them. They punted the ball to us. Um, and, you know, right before the offense took the field, I, I told the guys, I said, hey, we were just in this situation two weeks ago or three weeks ago or two games ago when we played Christian. And we came down and scored, it, you know, right at the end and then kicked the extra point to, to take the lead and win it. Um, so I said, hey, we've been here. Let's go do it again. So I think we took the field, you know, with some confidence. Um but really, the play—I mean, was was Diego Solis catches uh, catches an underneath route. You know, they were playing kind of prevent, trying to prevent the big play, and Jackson hits his check down. Um, Diego makes the guy miss, and and you know, on the sideline, we're all naturally yelling, "Get out of bounds!" And uh, I think he, he he turns up field and and sees a pass, sees the end zone, and you know, he's a playmaker. And at the end of the day, he he made a play um and it was basically a race to the corner pylon he took off and the defense closed on it and, and he dives in and scores um, so where were you standing when this play is unfolding are you at the 30 kind of watching it from where it snapped are you closer down to the goal line are you at the other end not able to look what are you doing during this play 
No, I'm kind of I'm kind of right about where the ball is snapped and and kind of you know thinking about what the next play call is going to be, assuming we you know catch it and get out of bounds. What we want to do to get. I knew we were going to probably get two plays, um, that play and then maybe one more, you know, at best. So, you know, I'm talking with our, our pass game coordinator up in the box, thinking about what our next play is. Are you screaming? Are you, so are you, you're yelling, get out of bounds. You're, you're yelling, get out of bounds to him. Well, it, it went from get out of bounds to holy crap, go score. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he turned up field, then it's like, all right, here we go. You better get in. Um, and, and man, it's just a heck of a play. So, so he punches you know, then, it in. Uh, then you guys have the clock opportunity. Hits zero. He yeah. punches it in. Yeah. Clock hits zero. Um, and what's funny is actually earlier uh, we were kind of driving and had the ball, and and I was talking on on the heads of the offensive coaches, going, you know, hey, uh, hey, we score here. You know, I'm obviously at that point I was thinking extra point. You know, we just tie the game, but. I just kind of planted a seed about, hey, think about a two-point play, the way this game was going and uh, where we were at. So we had already kind of been talking about it a little bit on the headset. Um, and so at that moment, you know, a few people have already asked me, like, go for two, you're at home, holy cow, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we just – I felt like we were on borrowed time. That's what I think I, I told a couple of reporters last night. Making that play to, to score there. Um, we had all the momentum. Obviously, they didn't know what just happened and are deflated. And and at the end of the day, they have a heck of a squad. Those guys were tough. Um, 44, that, that guy is a heck of a ball player. I didn't want to see him carry the ball again. Uh, I mean, he was a, a bruiser all night long for Brawley. Um, you know, and I, I felt like you kick the extra point, you give them a chance to kind of regroup, us a chance to regroup. We were beat up. It was a physical four-quarter game. Um, so I just said, you know what? I believed in the guys, and, and I could just sense that that was, that was the moment. If we were going to win it, it was right there. Um, and so we get the play call in, and, and then the boys just executed. Um, confidence, like we had been there before. That's what it boiled down to and made a play. It was uh, unreal. You say been there before, but... La Jolla has not really been there before, at least in terms of the time that the current high school players that you have have been actually alive. Right. So how does that feel to be, uh, I mean, I'm assuming this is on track with where you as a coach projected out the program to go, but it, to actually be able to feel it and touch it and like the, the championship is real, the, the finals are here. How does this feel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's awesome. It's exciting. It's exciting times. It's been a special season, special group of players. Um, you know, the program, the support that we get from our fans, the community, you know, last night I think was the perfect kind of culmination of all that. We had a huge crowd, a ton of community members came out, you know, alumni were there uh, and the whole deal. And that was, you know, what we've been building for. And that was all part of the vision and plan. And, you know, as a new head coach coming in, you kind of always set your four-year kind of, kind of roadmap saying, hey, by four years, here's where I think we can be. You know, knowing that that's your first class that'll come through for all four years. And I think a lot of times, you know, if you're building a program, doing it the right way, you know, by year three, I think, is when you kind of start to see some of the fruits of the, those labors. Um, you know, so some may say we were a little bit ahead of schedule. You know, I might argue that we were kind of right, you know, on schedule. Um, but, but, man, it's just exciting. And um, I'm so proud of the guys. You know, and I said we've been there before. And really – in that sense, you're right. We haven't been. 
uh, semifinal game at home, you know, and now playing in a, in a CIF final. But, but by that, I meant we, we played competitive game. You know, I, I schedule a tough schedule. If you look at the CIF title games going on, I mean, we face Lincoln, they're playing in the D1 title. We face Bishop, they're playing in the D2 title. And then we're playing, uh, you know, we're playing Scripps, who we played earlier in the season, the D3 title. So three of our losses were against those guys. We gave them ball games, all three of those teams. Um, so we've been in those competitive atmospheres, you know, all off season, competing in seven on seven, playing in tournaments. Um, and so that's with a sense of our guys just had confidence. We've been in those adverse moments throughout the year. And um, when it boiled down to it, we were calm, collected, and, and, and just had to execute. And we did. You talked about the turnout, the game being at home. It, there was some video being shown on Instagram of, of just how large of the, the crowd, I mean, the, the total amount of them that made it on the field at the end to come celebrate with you guys, you end up getting the Gatorade bath. Was there a moment last night where you kind of were able to just look around and be like, wow, we are actually doing this. I'm at home winning playoff games. I, I mean, I'm, did it feel yeah. right last night? Yeah, no, it did. And, and really that moment, I mean, we, we always have a late arriving crowd at La Jolla. So, Kickoff is never is never as uh, wild as it is by the time halftime kind of settles in. So, you know, we ended up returning the opening for a touchdown, you know, and the crowd was still arriving at that point. But really when I came out of the locker at halftime, kind of walking back towards our sideline and, you know, boys are getting into their stretch, the DJ's playing, and I'm just kind of embracing and, and taking it in, taking a moment, seeing the crowd. And that, that was the moment where it was kind of like, we're here. We've earned the right. That's what I told our team is that we had earned the right to have that moment, be at home, um, and, and just to embrace the moment that it was going to be a memory that, that they'll have the rest of their lives and I'll have the rest of my life. Um, and, and that was that moment really just took it in. It was, uh, it was exciting stuff. Well, it's the last home game for the Vikings this season, but not the last game because they get to play at Southwestern College this coming weekend. Coach, we will let you go and say thank you very much, and we'll talk to you hopefully during the week at the Media Day event. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thanks for uh, catching up. I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. No problem. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right, bye. Yeah, you too. Bye.